How's it going tonight, everybody? We are Run The Real, featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with another, hopefully, great review. Mm. Hopefully. Mm. What do you mean by this? How dare you? I I like it when I say hopefully great review. I feel like it's a good review. (laughs) Hopefully. Have some confidence, (laughs) man. All right. Bunch of confident guys here. Maybe you should say a definitely great review. Yes. Oh, yes. Of course. Run the reel with a definitely great review. Yes. That flows well. That just rolls off the tongue. I like it. Well, anyways, um, we're doing a one-off this week. We watched this this little movie that came out. I mean, you guys may have heard of it. Does anybody want to introduce it? Dumbo. Yeah, Dumbo. Disney's latest horror film. No, we're not doing that. I don't want to watch that movie. We watched something else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> not that either. Terry doesn't know what he's talking about. We watched uh, something about a game, something about the end of a game. It might have Avengers in it. Might have <laughs> Avengers title for it. Yeah, so Avengers Endgame. You may have heard of this movie. Chances are you've probably already seen it. Hopefully, because we're going to spoil it like crazy here. I mean, we don't usually warn you, but this time we're going to warn you. I mean, it should be expected at this point. We're going to spoil it. Yeah. <laughs> spoiled everything so far. <laughs> so if you, if you didn't catch on there, we uh, watched Avengers Endgame and it'll probably be a little bit delayed when this review comes out. This gives you more time. Yeah. To digest it, to recover. But anyway, just some background information. This follows... Um, after Avengers Infinity War, it's directed by Anthony Russo and Joe Russo, so the Russo brothers. Currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 95% tomato meter, an 89% audience score. And then on IMDb, it has an 8.9 out of 10 user score and a 78 meta score. Where's that in the top 250 on IMDb? It's at number 12 right now. But this movie, at the time of this recording, has been out for two and a half weeks, almost. Yeah. So that's where it is as of two and a half weeks after its release date. And it's made a lot of money. I don't even think we need to do a synopsis for this one. What do you guys think? I feel like if we tried, we'd just wind up recapping 11 years of film. <laughs> so yeah, Avengers Endgame. This is the end of the game. This is how they resolve all their problems and defeat their mightiest foes. All right. So for the end of the game, what do you guys think about it? Was it a good end to the game? It was. It was very good. It was good, yes. I don't know if it lived quite up to what I wanted, but it was still pretty awesome. You know, I'm very interested to hear what Terry thinks about this movie, because he's like he's like our Marvel guy, and we wanted to talk about it. And he was like, there will be no discussing of Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) Save it for the show. Yeah, he's like, we will talk about it on the show. So I have no idea what Terry thinks of this movie. I don't know what I was expecting, but time travel was not one of the things I was expecting. And it's a very comic book movie, like a very comic book move to do. It's like, well, we'll just solve all our problems with time travel. But I don't know, it kind of felt cheap to me a little bit i mean it it is a comic book i get it and i mean i'm a big comic book fan i don't know why it bugged me so much but the second time i watched it i was kind of knew what i was expecting and i liked it a little bit more but i don't know that kind of threw me off a bit and the fact that thanos dies in the first like 15 minutes yeah that's kind of what i have problems with too is because infinity war 
when we did our Infinity War review, Dan said something like, Infinity War is actually a Thanos movie, which I agree with. And they built up Thanos' character to this awesome, you know, climax. That's the end of Infinity War. And I kind of felt, you know, cheaped out by it with what they did in this movie. They definitely subverted everyone's expectations by killing them in the first 10 minutes. But it just felt cheap to me. And I did not like that. I mean, it it was an interesting idea because it totally threw me off after they did that. And it was like five years later, my mouth just kind of like dropped. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're just going to move on from that? And I guess, you know, that's kind of a theme of the movie, having to move on from something terrible like that. But I was just, what are they going to do now? Like, they beat him. That was easy. But he was wounded, to be fair. And they had Captain Marvel on their side. That did seem to be the deciding factor, was that they had Captain Marvel. Now, see... This didn't bug me at all. I thought it was a clever move on their part, actually. They didn't beat Thanos, per se, because Thanos already won. He came in in Infinity War and got all the stones. He came in there and he beat all the Avengers, every single one of them, and he accomplished his goal of killing half of the universe. So... He already won. There was no beating him at the start of this movie. They just show up after Thanos has won and they're like, oh, we're avenging the Earth now and everybody else you killed. And Thanos is like, that's fine. I don't really care. I already won and you've got to live with it. So I thought it was a neat way to do it because it gives Thanos his complete character arc from the first one and it closes that chapter for him. So it is basically just the capstone to Infinity War really is what it is. I mean, they could have ended Infinity War with them going and killing Thanos and then start this movie with the five years later. And I think it still would have worked. Yeah, that might have been better for me. I don't know. And the fact that they bring him back later, too, is like, well, okay. <laughs> that That's a bit different, but we can get into that, too. I think what I'm not big on with the whole time travel thing and the Thanos losing thing is that they make this big deal about we got to put everything in the past back exactly like it was, or else we mess things up and make all these alternate timelines. Except we've got the Thanos from the past in the future, who then proceeds to die in the future. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think about that one. I guess then, before we get further, we should discuss the whole time travel aspect of this film. Because I, for one, do not think it's actually time travel. I think what's actually going on, and the new trailer for the next Spider-Man kind of confirms this too, is that this movie actually introduces us to the multiverse in Marvel Comics. And so I think what's actually going on is they're going to different universes through the quantum realm. It's not time travel per se, only in the aspect that they're arriving at the, the time they want to, but it's in a different universe essentially. So is Tilda Swinton just like a fool with her like whole alternate timeline statement or no because it's still gonna screw up her universe if they take the stone right well that's what she's worried about is like is it, it's gonna stay the same timeline unless they do not bring the stone back at the exact same point as when they took it 
that's her whole spiel. So like, as long as they return the stone, then everything's going to stay the same in that timeline. In her universe. But if they, they don't bring it back and keep it, then her universe is just screwed and they can't ever fix what's going to happen in the future, if that even happens. In the new Spider-Man trailer, they do talk about the multiverse. And I, my theory is that Mysterio is just making the load of bowl up. <laughs> well, we'll see. You know, <laughs> we'll see. This sounds accurate to me. <laughs> it seems like his gimmick. If I know anything from the yeah, the comics, it seems like something he would do. But um I don't know, maybe. Either way, like they're still going back in time. It's basically a greatest hits of the Marvel movies, is what it felt like. It was like, hey, remember this? It is what it is. But I think just for argument's sake, for the future of this discussion, it's like, yeah, the, they do travel to the specific time they want, but it's not their universe, right? Because if it's their universe, then yeah, it's going to create all kinds of problems, like Fox mentioned too. But if it's different multiverses, then that actually makes sense with the story. Well, and I feel like they explained it kind of. But I do not remember exactly how they explained how all this is supposed to work. They they explained it as what's happened has already happened and you can't change it. So no matter what you do in the past, you're not going to change the future because it's already occurred. I feel like what the Russo brothers did here is they basically took time travel and they kind of threw out all the rules that everybody has, you know, in mind about time travel with Back to the Future, even though they kind of reference these movies and they say this is what we're doing with time travel we're doing our own thing just don't worry about anything else just get over it just accept it i don't know it kind of brings up some problems that i have with the movie but i'm willing to forgive those like it doesn't bug me that much which i think we'll kind of get to a little bit later you know i feel like we're just teasing to we'll get to this later the big discussion (laughs) but um there's some things with the time travel that i just can't get over like what you said earlier terry about how they bring back thanos and i i just have a problem with that and i mean we can poke holes almost in any time travel movie i feel like you know time travel is gonna open up a can of worms no matter how you incorporate it usually and i don't think their focus was to make like solid rules i think their focus was just to be like hey we have time travel now and we're gonna solve our problem with this deal with it i feel like that's kind of what they were doing you know like Ignore everything else you know, we're just going to do it, and it's going to happen. Yeah, it's messy if you view it through the lens of time travel. If you view it as actually going to different universes, it makes more sense. And I think it makes sense in the movie viewing it that way, because they don't know about multiple universes yet. So in a sense, they would think that it is time travel. They know that Doctor Strange can use the time stone, the time travel, so it would make sense to them. That's that's what I got out of it when I watched it, and I think it makes sense that way. I'd be happy if they, you know, used this movie to introduce multiverses, because that'd give us a, like, a huge array of movies to make and stuff and i think that'd be interesting but i don't know i don't the fact that they didn't address multiverse at all in this makes me i don't they could probably retcon it later but well they didn't know none of them knew about the multiverse yet yeah i mean i feel like tony stark would know about the multiverse the way he was talking like he'd be like you know this would cause a multiverse when he was explaining the rules the the ball the ancient one tilda swinton is the, is the whole problem here like this would work just fine as like a causal loop scenario if she wasn't like, you gotta come back in time and fix the past. If we just ignored that and didn't have to shoehorn in those later plot points for the sake of going back in time, this would like make sense from a time travel perspective. 
I'd almost be more happy if they didn't like tell us any rules. Yes. I mean, if if she would not have said that, this would work for me. Well, that's still that's still viewing it as time travel. If you view it as multiverse, it still works. I 100% think that it is multiverse, and that's what they're talking about. They just don't refer to it as that in this movie, because one, the characters don't know about it, and two, it kind of eases the audience into it more, I guess, because a lot of people haven't read the comics and don't know about the multiverse and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I do think that's where they're going to continue on after Endgame. But just for this movie, I can take the time travel stuff, I can push it to the side. But the one problem that I have with this movie with the time travel is Thanos because I loved where Thanos' character was at the end of Infinity War. I loved his character development throughout Infinity War. I mean, I think that was perfect what it ended on with Thanos' character. And then they just kind of say, hey, we're not going to deal with that. We're going to subvert everyone's expectations. We're just going to kill Thanos in the first 10 minutes. Which, to my surprise, you know, I never saw that coming. I don't think anybody saw that coming. (laughs) Yeah, no joke. I kind of felt like that was going to happen. I mean, he was done. Like, he was ready to die is what I felt like. Like, I wanted to see how Thanos' character dealt with what he did later on. Like, you're right, Dan. That was his endgame. That's what he wanted to do. But I wanted to see if he had any complex emotions, regrets later on. Because Thanos was an awesome character, I felt, like, in Infinity War. He was awesome. He was the first Marvel villain that I've ever been like, all right, this is an awesome villain for the Marvel universe. And then they just dispatch him and then bring back an earlier version of him. And I have a lot of problems with that. Yeah, yeah, I I get where you're coming from. But you do kind of with the the new Thanos see get to see a version of what would happen in the previous one if he didn't destroy the stones or whatnot. Because you get the, all right, I realize that when I do succeed with this, you guys aren't going to be grateful. So I'm going to have to revisit what I did and come in and just outright kill all you guys who resist to make it work because if I don't then you guys are always going to fight me over this and it's the only way to keep the status quo you know so you get to see Thanos the despot basically in this one let me let me say this Marvel villains have always been a problem for me until the more recent ones like Vulture was a good villain I really liked him because he was grounded he felt real Thanos was an awesome villain in Infinity War but It just gets all thrown to the side, you know, and he just becomes an annoyance at the end of this movie because I know that they're bringing everybody back and that Thanos is not going to win. And he just becomes an annoyance. He goes from the awesome character and villain he was in Infinity War to just an annoyance to these characters. And I hate that. I'd say he was more than an annoyance. He fought Iron Man, Cap, and Thor without the gauntlet, and he kicked their butts. Well, see, then you get into the whole, like, power levels arguments in this movie. Yeah, that's still a criticism I have, too, that carries over from Infinity War. (laughs) When he does have the Infinity Gauntlet, he gets, like challenged by characters in Infinity War, and now he takes on three of them like no problem at the end of this movie. 
when he doesn't have the Infinity Gauntlet, you know? I guess in Infinity War, they had the bonus of, like, being able to, like, plan out, you know, have Strange run through a million scenarios of how to beat him. And here they just run out of the wreckage and just charge in head first, no plan. After they've been blown up. Even when he goes to Earth in Infinity War, when he has, um, how many stones are there? Is there six stones? Yeah, he had five. He had five of the six, and he was kind of mowing through them, but some of the characters actually did pose a threat to him like cap was pushing on him holding him back and he's like oh you're strong uh he was he was toying with him. no he wasn't don't you dare discount cap cap was holding his own he was giving it all he got you know i'm gonna throw my vote over towards discounting cap <laughs> i realize you know like i was probably never gonna get what i wanted exactly out of this movie because how do you do that as a director, you know, like how I f- wanted Star Wars The Force Awakens to be so awesome. And then I ended up absolutely despising it. That's a different argument. Though. Yeah, that's a different <laughs> argument, you know, but that was years of film that had been built up in my mind, you know, after seeing Infinity War and I, we've been with these characters for 10 years. I had something built up in my mind that I wanted, didn't necessarily get it. But this was a really good movie. You know, I did really enjoy this. Yeah, we've been complaining a lot, but I did like it. Like, I didn't hate it, but it's just, you know, there's so much hype after Infinity War. And I don't even know what I wanted them to do. Like, I don't know how you would do that because I was like, well, I don't know where they're going to go with this. And I just got to put my trust in them. And, you know, for the most part, I think they did pretty good. I think for me... Everything in this movie met my expectations besides Thanos, because I felt kind of cheated with what they did with Thanos' character. And it's only because of the time travel and that they bring back an earlier version of Thanos. I just wanted to see how Thanos dealt with what he did with his character arc after Infinity War. I do kind of like the idea of him, you know, just going to a farm and retiring. You know, he's like, well, I'm done. And he can be proud of what he's accomplished. I think that's kind of interesting. You know, he just deals with it like he would when he, if like some normal person just retired and was like, I'm going to move to the country and just hang out. Yeah, his his life purpose was ended. But like, I don't know what I would have done with Thanos to make this better, to be honest. I really don't know. Somebody who can actually tell a story way better than I can, I was hoping that they would surprise me with that. Which I know the Russell brothers are amazing storytellers, and I was just kind of wanting something out of that. I'm wondering... Yeah, you brought it up. I'm wondering how they would film that. Because what are they going to do? Have all the Avengers just hang out with Thanos on his planet and give him a guilt trip? I can't see how they would actually make that work. So it, it just make it makes sense to me that they just showed up and killed him. And it, it ties back to what they said in the first Avengers, where if they lost, then they would go and they would avenge their fallen comrades or whatever. So it, I don't have a problem with it at all. And it ties back to what they did in the earlier movies. And it makes sense with everybody's character motivations, even Thanos, I think. You get like that, yeah, it's not the same as if they would have just kept the character, but you do get to see kind of an evolution of his character at the end of this one with the new one. I have an idea for you. I want to run by you guys. I've been thinking about this. So what I would have done, I don't know if there's a character like this in Marvel at all. I really don't know because I'm not super deep into the comics, 
But for a narrative structure for me that I think would have worked better, is they kill Thanos 10 minutes in. That's fine. Leave him out of the movie. Don't bring back a past Thanos. He's just gone. They go back. They get all the Infinity Stones. They do the snap. It opens up this multiverse, but brings in this new villain who absolutely destroys. They can bring in all their guys, but they have a new villain to fight. What what do you guys think about that? I mean, they would be introducing a new villain who could continue on the Marvel saga. I feel like it does need to be Thanos. After Infinity War, I feel like Thanos needs to be like the guy they have to deal with. Because I think they're really trying to close like a chapter here. And if they introduce somebody new, then it would kind of leave things more open-ended than they want to. And I, I kind of, I'm with them when, like, I, I like how they ended this one, you know, no post credit scenes. Kind of just leave it there, like where they have it. Instead of introducing some whole new concepts, I mean, besides time travel, but... Yeah, and I think, too, if they brought in just some new guy that hasn't been built up at all, just pokes his head out, and he's like, oh, I'm here now, deal with me, I think it'd be like, it'd feel cheap to the viewers, because nobody knows who this person is or what they can do. They haven't been set up like Thanos was. But he's he's not the same Thanos that we had at the end of Infinity War. Yeah, it, it's, it's going to be down to personal preference, I think, on this one, because we could argue it back and forth all day long. Yeah, it's not the exact same one, but I was satisfied with what I got out of it. What I was expecting with this one was more in line with what kind of what you were expecting, where we're going to see more of a a character evolution of Thanos. And like the whole point in this one would be them trying to figure out where Thanos went and then gathering up all their remaining forces for one last battle against him. What I've been coming to terms with, you know, is that Infinity War was Thanos' movie. Endgame is really a Captain America and Iron Man movie. Like, Thor and Hulk are there. They're characters, but they're just kind of there for comedy, I feel like. They do have their character scenes and their flashbacks in time, you know, when they do go through the quantum realm. But it this is really a Captain America and Iron Man movie is what it is. Yeah, it's actually more focused on the heroes rather than yeah, the villain. Which I mean is probably the way it should be, but maybe yeah. I'm just a downer. I just wanted about the villain, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, no, you got a right to that because he is the best villain that Marvel's done and he was a really cool character who you don't agree with him, but you get why he's doing what he's doing and we haven't had that yet in the in the Marvel movies, so you're totally justified to want more of that. There was a whole thing on Reddit, a movement, where it was, Thanos did nothing wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, that was a whole movement after Infinity War. That has never happened for a movie villain besides probably, like, Darth Vader and the Emperor. Ah, Empire did nothing wrong, (laughs) the original. (laughs) I'm sorry, I I don't want to generalize everyone and say that there's never been a movement there's probably movements out there but the biggest ones were like you know star wars and marvel for the villains did nothing wrong and that's cool when a like cinematic universe these movies these films can have a villain that people can unite behind because it's always people unite behind the heroes so when you get the villain, it's cool. So we've talked about what we like with Thanos. What do we think about this new team of Avengers that we've got? 
I'm just talking about like the people who are left over from the snap. So we've got Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, War Machine, Rocket Raccoon, Blue Lady. Nebula. Nebula, yes. Um, Thor. Hulk. I feel like there's somebody else, but Ant-Man. <laughs> oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and Captain Marvel, too. And Captain Marvel, kind of, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. She kind of disappeared, but so what do we think about this new, like, team dynamic it's always fun whenever they mix it up you know you get a new mixer a new subset of banter and things that's always entertaining i guess i like that it was the original four from the first avengers this was a good send-off to that group we've had these characters in movies for what the past 10 years for iron man at least it was a good send-off for their group character development was awesome even though i think it was kind of Everybody had to have their scene. That's okay, though. I mean, we're we're like 20 movies in, so it's expected at this point. Yeah, and that's a very minor, very, very minor gripe, is that everybody had to have their scene when they did their flashback. Or I keep saying flashback, but they're going back in time. Whatever it is, everybody had to have their scene. I wish more people would have gotten scenes. Like War Machine, I actually really liked in this movie. War Machine looks so cool in this with the red eyes. Oh, he looks awesome. That thing is sick. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the Hulk. I really liked the Hulk in this movie. He was great. He did not really get a moment, which kind of made me sad. I wanted to see him do something. He didn't get one. I didn't feel like he did. His uh, his past version did <laughs> with the stairs. I'd say he had a moment kind of when Black Widow died. He threw a bench. His one in the in the diner or whatever. I mean, the diner was my favorite scene. Well, I take that back. My favorite scene was when he was giving Paul Rudd a taco. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like he was really underutilized. He, he made such a big change in between the five years, and then we don't really get to deal with that at all, I feel like. He just kind of was like, yeah, I guess I'll help with time travel, and then doesn't do much after that. Well, that goes down to it being an Iron Man and Captain America movie. He's been around just as long, and he's arguably changed so much. It's just, I feel like the Russell brothers picked Iron Man and Cap, and they were like, okay, these are the two big ones. These are who we're focusing on. And they're the two who are going to be done after this movie, too. The contracts were also ending. We've still got Thor and Hulk who are going to be in more movies, I'm assuming. So we don't necessarily have to say goodbye to them in this one like we do to Cap and Iron Man. That's true. I just, you know, I've been waiting a long time for this Professor Hulk to show up with the mind of Bruce Banner, but the body of the Hulk, and we finally got him. And then he never really, I didn't feel like he did anything all that cool. So... Yeah, he was more comic relief than anything else, but I would assume they're going to have something cool planned for him later. And it's it sucks because he can't get his own movie since um, Universal owns the rights to the movies, like individual movies of the Hulk. So all his character development goes through other people's movies. I wonder if that's, yeah, why his thing is so underwhelming is because out of everybody, he's like always a side character. I mean, the same can be said for like Widow and Hawkeye, but. People seem to love them more than Hulk. Yeah. Hawkeye did some cool stuff in this movie, and I feel like we kind of just throw his development out the window a little bit, too. Oh, not really. No, he had some great development in this one. Well, he he goes nuts on those, like, Yakuza guys. He's gone really dark. His family's been dusted. And then as soon as the Avengers come back, he kind of goes back to his same old self. 
Like, it, it, there's no change at all, I felt like, after the, he came back to the Avengers. He wasn't like, it didn't feel like he was darker. He's America's dad. People love him. He's got to be nice. He can't be evil or mean. When, when he was murdering people, that was cool. I was like, man. It was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I, I see why they didn't go that route. <laughs> I felt like he was his underutilized. They kind of just pushed that under the chair as soon as he joined back up. Black Widow didn't tell him that he was doing that. She was keeping that on the hush hush. And so when she did find him and was like, hey, we need you back or whatever, they didn't tell anybody what he'd been doing. So he was like playing the part, I guess. War Machine knew. Yeah, but he was in it with Black Widow. And it's like, we're going to keep it on the hush hush. Well, even then, I feel like we could have had some more character moments where he's acting a lot darker than he normally would, but he doesn't really do anything different i'll I'll concede to that (laughs) i was just so happy that was another cool like this is awesome he's got a samurai sword he's like just going around being punisher ronin i guess technically but i guess we're just not going to see that character ever again (laughs) snap back to avengers hawkeye i hadn't watched any trailers for this movie i hadn't seen anything because i was purposefully avoiding everything but when they showed a scene of some dude cutting up 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 a bunch of Yakuza guys with a samurai sword. I knew that Disney had just recently bought Fox, and I was really hoping that it was Deadpool. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been funny. Oh, God. If Deadpool showed up, hmm. Black Widow has the wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah, I realized it was never going to happen. That would have been kind of a fun way to reveal him, but... Yeah, that's... I mean, they would never do it, though. This is pure speculation on my part, but I think they're doing the multiverse to introduce the Fantastic Four. Well, I think the whole, when Rocket Raccoon says, you know, the snap has made the Earth a base for huge cosmic energy, I was like, okay, that's how they're going to introduce all these new people. The power of the Infinity Stones, like, just washed around and gave people all these weird powers. Oh, that's a good idea, too. I am glad, though, that they are planning this out, you know, years in advance, because... Look at DC. So (laughs) this is a good movie. And, you know, I think the Russell brothers are, you know, geniuses just because they took on this task that they had to kill off characters because people are not renewing their contracts. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. has been wanting to be done for years. You can look up articles on that stuff. Um, They had to set up the next, you know, whatever amount of years Marvel's going to be doing movies. They had to close up 10 years of movies that people have been watching. That's an insane feat that these guys did, and they made a good movie out of it. You know, I've got gripes, but it's still a really good movie. Yeah, and it's a really good send-off, for, especially for Iron Man. And Captain America gets a good one, too. But, man, Iron Man's send-off was just perfect. Got a little misty-eyed there, man, I gotta say. It is a good movie, just... You know, watching it by itself. I mean, the criticism that people have for Marvel movies, like it doesn't stand up by itself. That's junk because it's a cinematic universe. You have to at least know who these characters are going in because the movies build off of each other. Going into this movie, I had not seen Ant-Man and the Wasp and I had not seen Captain Marvel. Oh, that might be part of why you were had the issues with the time travel then because they introduced the quantum realm in Ant-Man and the Wasp. Like, I don't have problems with the time travel. I have problems with the time travel, what it did to characters in the movie. Mainly Thanos. I don't have problems with the time travel in general. Like, that's fine. I can get it. It's very comic booky because this movie 
really felt like I was reading a comic book. Just when I thought Infinity War was like reading a comic book, then this was like, oh, by the way, yeah, now we're going to go full bore. And there are some super awesome scenes in this movie. Yeah, the whole last hour is like a massive action sequence, and it's really good. Really, really good. Yeah, it's so cool, and there's so many good shots, too. Like, I want... As a a wallpaper for my computer, that shot of Captain America standing alone against Thanos and his entire army. Man, oh, that was such a cool shot. And they get so many cool ones like that at the very end of the film, too. It's like watching Lord of the Rings again. It's so awesome. There's so much payoff that you get with these characters in this movie that, you know, alone makes it worth it to see these payoff and completely awesome scenes that you get with the characters. And that's really cool that the Russo brothers were able to make that in a movie, you know, with all these other challenges that it had to do. And it didn't let people down. Considering all the tasks that they had to do with this movie, like they had to wrap up 10 years of Marvel cinematic universe they had to set up what's happening after this movie you know well i don't think they had to do that too much not as much as the others but it was more about wrapping it up i feel like they kind of did though a little bit like it wasn't the major focus of it but it did kind of ride on their shoulders a bit yeah it's more about ending things because there's not even a post credit scene. Every single Marvel movie's had something, and this one's the end of the game. God, <laughs> it is. God dang it. That should have been the tagline Avengers Endgame, the end of the game. <laughs> the real end, but not really. People keep giving us more money for each movie we release, so it's really not the end. But I did feel like the time travel stuff was. I mean, it was kind of cool to see like the old moments happen again in a different way, kind of see what happens before and after. But I don't know if it, it, it did feel like a greatest hits CD. I kind of just wanted to see all new stuff. I was it was cool to see the ancient one in New York instead of Doctor Strange. That was a fun reveal. Um, I don't know. I I wanted new stuff. I didn't want to revisit the. I mean, of course, they're wrapping stuff up, but I didn't necessarily want to go back and be like, oh, remember when we did the Avengers one? Remember when we did <clears throat> the Dark World? <laughs> but I don't know. I just it was fine. I didn't hate it. I it was it was good, but not really what I wanted from it. I don't know what I wanted from it to be fair though. So um I wanna compare this movie to Star Trek, the next generation. If you look in the movie trivia for Avengers Endgame, you're going to see that one of the major influences for Endgame was the very last episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. What's cool about the, the last episode of The Next Generation is it harkens back through the entire series of Star Trek. It even harkens back to the very first episode of the show. And it does that in a really cool way by utilizing time travel, which is nothing new in Star Trek, right? And essentially what happens is you get to watch another really good episode of Star Trek, but at the same time, you also get to see the characters in the future and see what happens to them. And it's really cool. And I think it's the best ending to any like 
thing ever made because it functions as a great Star Trek episode. It calls back to all the things that made Star Trek great in the past and got it to where it was at that time. And it gives you closure by letting you see what happens to all the characters in the future. And that's exactly what Avengers Endgame does, too. You don't get a look in the future because they resolve the characters who are leaving. They resolve their timeline essentially. So you see what happens to them and you get that payoff now. For me, it was a great way to close it off because it's it's basically like you're filming a TV show at this period. It's been going on for so long and there's so much material to work with. It's nice getting the callback to what made the series great in general and why you like the characters so much. Yeah, it harkens back to all the greatest hits, but I don't think that's a bad thing because that's how they got to where they are now. And you get to see how the characters have changed and how they end up. So, yeah, but I mean, we've already seen that. I don't know. We know how they've changed. You see it in a new way. Yeah, I I think I would have liked it, you know. I still think it's time travel, but if they would have said it was like blatantly, we're going into different universes and seeing like alternate versions of these characters or something. I don't know. I wanted something new and fresh instead of just the same stuff. Like Cowboy World. (laughs) Uh, Yes, like Cowboy World. Where it's a Western. The iconic (laughs) multiverse of Marvel, Cowboy World. (laughs) Howdy there. Mr. Stark. Yes. (laughs) So, in a way, I don't know, I feel kind of conflicted about it. Like, they do show us some new stuff with the time travel. Like, they go back to the 70s, where we've never seen before, which is interesting. But I also felt like that was a little bit of fluff. I don't know. Compared to the other stuff, I was not as interested in it. It was fluff, yeah, because they wanted to develop Tony's character more. Because I love you 3,000. Yeah. Oh, man. That was enough. See, they they didn't even need that scene. They'd already established how much he loves his daughter and his family. So why do I need to see it again in the 70s? Because it's like uh, showing how much Tony's grown as a character, where he can actually face his dad and give his dad advice now because he's grown up. And it's also him reconciling with his dad because he always had that issue with did his dad really care about him more than his work and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you could see it as fluff, but it was also extremely good character development for Tony because it's him coming to terms with his past and um, forgiving his father, essentially, and being like, I get why you did what you did. I gotta hop on with Dan on this one, I think, uh, you know, yeah. Tony Stark brings up the dad issues a lot in his trilogy, it seems like. That's true. He does. I don't know. I just... I guess we didn't have to tie it up. It didn't have to be by any means. That's fair. Might as well, I guess, for ending everything. Why not? (laughs) Why not? We got three hours to kill. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, Captain America has a little bit. They hint at what he's going to do later, I guess. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I think if they were going to cut anything from this movie, I would have cut the 70s stuff. Oh, man. Then we're getting into the Infinity War argument there again of cutting things but there's such good character development in that that it's like i couldn't i mean i guess i could imagine it without that scene but then 
it doesn't have as big of an impact at the end when Tony dies from sacrificing himself to make the world better for his family and all his friends and stuff too. So, you know, we could talk about this all day, but I think we should probably wrap it up. You don't want to make a three hour long review. I do have one more thing I (laughs) wanted to, to bring up too. Not really about the movie, but kind of the future of Marvel and what they're going to do. I wanted to have all of us kind of say what we think they're going to do next after this, since this is the end. I've got my theory. I'm curious what everybody else's is, too. This is a good question. I think they're going to take their time. I don't think they're going to build up as... Well, I mean, it took them a long time to build up to this, but... I think they're going to like let it air out a little bit, kind of just have some more low-key, no pun intended, um, superhero <laughs> movies. But I think the next task they have ahead of them is incorporating like X-Men and Fantastic Four. And then I think the next villain, if I had to make a guess, would probably be Galactus. All right. That'd be a good one. Especially with the Fantastic Four, because that's kind of their wheelhouse. Yeah, no joke. And we already got Dormammu from uh, Strange, so we've got some of them. They're called the Celestials, correct? Uh, Dormammu is his own thing. I don't think he's a Celestial. Okay, okay. They are another. They're like almost, I think they're almost as strong as Galactus. They're like ridiculously powerful. They're pretty much gods. That's my theory. I think, yeah, they're going to take their time, let it air out a little bit, and then eventually build up to Galactus or... I don't know. That's probably the most obvious choice, at least in my eyes. I think, yeah, they're going to try and get X-Men and Fantastic Four in there. Hopefully Deadpool. We'll see. I'm not 100% on that, but that could be fun. I think what they're going to do, especially with the Captain Marvel movie and introducing the scrolls, so I think they're going to do Secret Invasion next. Mm, that's that's a good theory, actually. Because they've set it up for it, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, well see. But the movie kind of made the scrolls off to be not so bad, so I don't know. I think that's another good place to go. That, that, that makes sense, too. That's another logical step. And so much happens after Secret Invasion, too, that changes up stuff a lot. That if they were wanting to top this one, which I don't know how they would do it, I could see them doing Secret Invasion just to get the world state into something completely different than what we had before. I'd be into that. That's I like the Skrulls. And Fantastic Four deals with Skrulls a lot. Eh, there we go. Boom. It all hinges on Fantastic Four. <laughs> yes. Is this really where we want to put our all our hopes? <laughs> I don't know a lot about the comics and where it goes. Like, I know who Galactus is, but I know that Disney owns Marvel and Disney likes money. So they're going (laughs) to milk this, I think. They're going to continue making movies until people stop watching them. So they will always find something to do. They'll always find new characters to keep going. Marvel's such a huge cash cow for Disney right now. They're going to milk this until it's literally dead. Which, hopefully the movies stay good. Because... You know, like DC's letting us down. Until Shazam. Shazam. They're headed in the right direction, I feel like, where they're getting 
better people involved in making these movies. Star Wars is letting me down and a lot of other people. And Marvel is, you know, like the summer blockbuster that is actually really killing it. So hopefully they can keep doing that. But Marvel's not going anywhere. It's just how they're going to change and pivot from here. Yeah, I don't know where they would go, I guess, comic booky wise I think you've got a good bet there, TV. But I do feel like they're going to spend some time trying to do the crossover stuff now that Disney and Fox are one and the same. Personally, though, I think they're going to spend some time doing some fan servicey stuff, though. You know, we've got this um, Falcon and Winter Soldier thing coming up. It wouldn't surprise me. This is just my own speculation, but I'm kind of wondering if they might try to do something with Hawkeye's daughter, you know, do like a movie like five years in the future. Kevin Feige, I think he did confirm that they're setting up the Young Avengers. Oh, that'll be fun. So that's kind of where I see it going next. I'd like to see some self-contained stuff with some of the lesser characters like Falcon and Winter Soldier, Hawkeye and his daughter. I'd watch a movie with Hawkeye and his daughter, like going on an adventure together. That'd be cool. I know people would like that a lot. They do love old Jeremy, which I do too. Here's hoping for uh, Thor the God Butcher storyline. Ain't gonna happen, but I would be so pumped if it did. (laughs) Yeah, not with this goofy Thor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you don't want it with that Thor? (laughs) Speaking of Thor, more speculation. Beta Ray Bill will be coming soon. He must. You know... I think I'm with you on that one, TV. I could see that coming up. As Guardians of the Galaxy is the perfect vehicle to introduce Beta Ray Bill, this weird horse-like creature <laughs> with the power of Thor. Yep. And arguably better than Thor. <laughs> and arguably a better Thor than Thor. So, oh, that'd be the perfect because we got Goofy Thor, who's kind of wisecracking and acting kind of dumb. And then this new Thor shows up, who's all serious, like how people would imagine Thor to be. And so now Thor's like, uh-oh. I got to deal with this yep, <laughs> this guy. Yep, it's perfect. James Gunn, listen to this pitch, please. Yes. Beta Ray Bill, <laughs> do it. Do it. I'm not opposed. All right, people, let's hit that overall presentation. <laughs> we, we've talked a lot. <laughs> I could do this all day. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh. Yeah, um, so we've got a scale. This is how we rate things around here. We've got burn it. Pass, watch it, or buy it, in that order, from lowest to highest. We each kind of give our gist review, overall review of it, and then we round it up at the end and kind of try to come to a solid conclusion as to what we all think. Thanks, Terry. I'll keep this quick. I mean, I've pretty much said my thoughts on this movie throughout this whole review. I really did enjoy watching it. I do have some minor gripes, and that's just because of Thanos. Um, But overall, this is a great movie. I mean, you've probably already seen it, and you've already got your own opinions about it, and most people absolutely love this movie, and I did love this movie. It has those awesome scenes in it, but I do have some weird things with it, but you know, a year down the road when I watch it again, I'll probably be over it, and it won't even matter to me then, because they'll be doing something different. It's Marvel. They're going to have movies going for the next 10 years, too. This movie is really cinematic history, and it's cool to watch it and be a part of it. So I'm going to give this movie a buy it. I think that this is this and Infinity War. If you're going to own any of the Marvel movies, these are the ones to own. Yeah, like Mad Mike, I'll try to keep it brief, but uh, sorry if I go a little longer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'll just preface it with I do love this movie. Uh, 
I do like time travel a lot, though. Big time travel guy. My favorite show of all time is probably Futurama, which does time travel incredibly well. So that's like my main gripe with this movie. And it's not a big gripe. I know we didn't hit on it a lot, but Big Lebowski 4 is like my favorite thing in this movie. (laughs) He makes me so happy. But that said, uh, it's not a bad send-off. You know, I can remember being a kid, you know, in junior high and going to see Iron Man as like a 12-year-old, 13-year-old. And I don't know if any of us back then knew that this is where we were going to be in 10 years. I don't I sure didn't. That's for sure. This was pretty incredible for me, at least from like a historical standpoint. It's a big moment. So I got to give it a buy it, but I always feel weird about giving a franchise a buy it. So I would just say buy the box set. I mean, oh God, of 20 <laughs> films. That's like $500. <laughs> but if you're going to do it, this is one. <laughs> yeah, this is a huge task that the Russo brothers have undertaken And they definitely can't please everybody. And, you know, they hit mostly all the right spots for me. I know I've kind of been complaining a lot in this episode, but honestly, this movie is pretty good. The second time I saw a lot of my problems I had, I was over. I didn't think they were nearly as big of a deal after I knew what to expect. Um, I think the biggest, I guess, I don't know, problem with leaving it at such a cliffhanger is I had a whole year to ponder what was going to happen. And maybe that was why I just needed to let go of what I expected. It's great. Um, Some great send-offs for some awesome characters. I love Smart Hulk, Lazy Thor. There's some pretty interesting stuff in here. I do wish they might have built on some of the side characters a bit more, but you know, it's an Avengers movie. There's so many Avengers, so I understand. I'm going to give it a buy it, I think, too. Um, I think Infinity War is better, but Endgame is a solid runner-up for Infinity War, so I buy it. So I completely get everybody's criticisms on this one for like time travel or multiverse travel, whatever your opinion is on it. Because anytime you open that, that's a big bag of worms that you can't fully resolve. Um, But for me, it doesn't make that much of a difference because the end product that we got was so damn good we got great character development for everybody like the first hour and a half is nothing but character development for all the characters that we've grown up with over the last 10 11 years of the marvel cinematic universe so we get awesome payoffs especially iron man and captain america since they're going to be out now but we get good payoffs for the other main cast as well the action like in all the other avengers movies is great and it just keeps getting better with each film we finally get to see every single one well except the ones who died but (laughs) we get to see all the avengers together and fighting at last and cap gets the finally say avengers assemble which they've been teasing forever so that's great there's so many great payoffs that harken back to the rest of the franchise and back to the comics as well they just nail it they hit it out of the park with this one, I think. This is our generation Star Wars. We get to finally experience what it's like growing up with something this popular that is the talk of the town and everybody's super excited to go see 
especially since Star Wars now is just turned into a joke, really. Well, all right. This takes its... Yeah, <laughs> we can get into that in another episode. Someday. But, but this takes its place, and I get to experience this cinematic history, which is really, really cool. And we get really, really good movies, especially from the Russo brothers, to back it up. So, I completely get people's arguments for Infinity War being better. But for me, this one is my f- new favorite uh, Marvel movie. Just everything that occurs in this are so good. They completely nail everything that they set out to do with the first phase of their Marvel universe because they hired people who care about making good movies and honoring the legacy of the characters from the comic books. So I can't give it anything else than a buy it. It's cinematic history and really good one at that. That's four buy <laughs> Yeah. That's Ooh. easy enough. Not much argument around. Yeah. I have to agree with you, Dan. It was pretty cool sitting in the middle of this movie and being like, I'm watching cinematic history right now. You know, it's like someday I'm going to show this to a kid and be like, maybe my kid. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, kid, come here. (laughs) Hey, kid, you want to see something? (laughs) Dude, check out this movie. Back in my day, this is what we had. You know, it's kind of cool to have that self-realization. Midway watching this? It's such a cool feeling to, you know, I've been growing up with these comics my whole life and they're like, <laughs> finally see like the whole world has embraced it so wholeheartedly. It's it's so cool like to be seeing like all these characters on screen and everybody's hooting and hollering and cheering for them and stuff. It's just, it's cool that what Marvel's done. So yeah. And I mean, too, uh, these movies got me invested in comics and comic books Some of them are now some of my favorite literature of all time, and I wouldn't have gotten into them without being so invested in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and them getting me interested in actually going and reading about all this stuff. So there's that aspect of it, too. It just it permeates so much, and it's really cool. So. What are we doing next week, guys? Anime movies, I believe, is what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Dan's got our first pick. Yeah, we're going to review Akira. I've been wanting to see that for a long time. That's been on my list for too many moons. You can always reach out to us in the meantime. You got any questions, suggestions, anything like that, you can let us know on Facebook, Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast at gmail.com. We're always listening. Oh, yeah. Vote in our polls on Facebook. And we do love every one of our listeners. You know, even if you don't reach out to us, we want to, you know, just shout out and say thanks for giving us a listen. Thanks for supporting us. We really appreciate it. It means a lot, everything you guys do for us. So um, this is Run The Real, signing off. Mm -hmm.